Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinoco. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. Here's your question to think about, to talk about for a few minutes, no more than five, at your tables. What is faith? Talk amongst yourselves. Okay, what did we come up with? Someone share some ideas. We're going there today. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it we learn that the men of old old gained approval. So, and then begins the pantheon of uh, uh, the heroes of the Bible, as we call them. Uh, Put there, I think, by the author of Hebrews to give us lessons on how to live and how we should live. There was a book by that name by Francis Schaeffer, How Should We Then Live? Um, Any other thoughts? Simply put, trusting in something you can't explicitly prove. Trust in the unprovable. Um, Trust is a big part of faith. That'll be one of the things we we look at today. Any other thoughts? What about belief? In belief part of it, you have to believe in order to have faith. Oftentimes faith and belief are equated... Faith the existence of God. I mean, where do you have faith in if you don't believe in God? So that's belief, though. That's your belief. Yeah. Strong belief in God or doctrines of a religion mm-hmm. based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. You believe even though you can't see. For most people, seeing is believing, but we believe without seeing. Jesus said we would be uh, blessed because we believed without seeing. Um, So in some ways, maybe we're more blessed than some of the folks who saw him. I often thought, wouldn't it be nice to have lived during the time of Jesus, walked around the roads with him, but then I think... Chances are, if you could do that, I would probably be one of the ones that turned and walked away because that's what most people did. They listened to Jesus and then they turned and walked away. So faith, for the lack of a better term, might be defined as belief. Um, In a sense... um, we could say it's a religious belief, but not necessarily, because you can have belief or faith outside of religion. Uh, for instance, one might say that um, they're of the Jewish faith. So in a sense, to define a core belief of a certain religious group. Or they're of the Catholic faith. Or, well, I'm of the Presbyterian faith, and so was my father and grandfather and his father before him. 
ad infinitum. Um, here faith specifically refers to a set of religious beliefs or even if you would dogma uh, we can see evidence of that in the New Testament in Paul's words to Timothy and Titus regarding the faith that was passed on to them remember um, I believe Timothy's mother's name was Eunice and Paul talked about her and how that faith had passed down he also told Timothy and Titus both to um, uh, be strong witnesses of the faith that had passed on to them as they witnessed Paul preaching uh, to various groups. Uh, we see in Jude 3 where Jude encourages the believers um, to earnestly contend for the faith once and for all delivered. Um, Jude had intended to write something totally different but then he saw apostasy creeping into the church in various forms and uh, he hurt for those people. He said, sadly, they have turned away from the faith. So there are another instance where faith is used more to describe a set of religious beliefs. So faith, is, uh, faith and belief could be said to be the same thing. In a sense, that's true, but... It also, um, when you look at it, for instance, James, uh, it, it takes more than belief. James said the devils believe and shudder. But they don't have a saving faith, do they? Apparently their faith is, um, they believe, certainly. So you have that element of belief in there, but it's not faith. So it takes, faith takes something other than just belief. Um, one of the elements is trust. Someone mentioned trust. Uh, Abraham trusted God. Um, he believed God, it says, and it was counted to him as righteousness. We know uh, that he followed God before he ever saw him. I was reading last night something on different theophanies which are appearances uh, of God or Christ in the Bible. Uh, we might think in the Old Testament of pre-incarnate appearances of Jesus. Uh, we aren't exactly told. The Bible doesn't tell us everything. It tells us everything we need to know, but it may not tell us everything. We don't know when God first appeared to Abraham. We know he appeared. There's instances, for instance, when the Lord's getting ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He and a couple of angels come down. Abraham recognized him. So you know what? That means he saw him before. He knew who he was. And there may have been something else about this, the angel of the Lord. Maybe he appeared differently to people. Maybe he kind of had... A certain regalness about him. There, there was something different about him that you knew. And in the Bible, in the Old Testament, he was the only... Angels and the angel of the Lord are different uh, because the angel of the Lord accepted worship whereas angels won't accept worship. They direct the worship back to God. So there's something different about that term. And he may have appeared to Abraham before we ever know, before he lived in Haran. 
whatever the case, whether he appeared to him, whether he spoke to him audibly, whether he appeared in a vision, God had multiple ways that he would get in touch with people um, both before and after the flood. This would have been obviously after the flood, since we're talking to Abraham. But he had appeared to him, and he told him to take his family. I want you to go to this land. I'm going to show you where. And he wandered around in the promised land, not knowing that that was his. Not knowing that uh, that that was his promise, that he would live there. Uh, But he did indeed live there as a nomad, wandered around uh, the rest of his life. And he did receive another promise that he'd become a great nation. This was well into the time when Sarai, uh, who would become Sarah, was beyond childbearing years. Abraham laughed. Sarai laughed. Um, Abraham was like 100 years old. And um, then once he got Isaac, the child of promise, what happened? God said, I want you to sacrifice Isaac to me. That's kind of weird. When you think about it, though, the people that lived around Abraham at that time, child sacrifice was not something unusual. It, It happened from time to time if the crops were bad. Uh, I just can't imagine slaying my son for bad crops uh, so that the rest of the village could live or if you lacked rain. Uh, But that's what they did back then. So the the request itself wouldn't have seemed, may may not have seemed unusual to Abraham since other people did that. Um, Now the other thing is, and we find this in Scripture, Abraham believed that God, he trusted that God was able to raise Isaac up from the dead even though he asked for his life. So in that sense, Isaac becomes a type of Christ, doesn't he? Because God raised Jesus from the dead, and that's one of our core beliefs. Um, so Isaac or Abraham trusted God, and God, uh, it says God counted that as righteousness to, to him. In Matthew eight, we see another evidence of uh, trust. Matthew eight five through thirteen. In that instance, it's also found in Luke. There's a Roman official. And the, the, the stories in Matthew and Luke vary just a little. And one, um, leaders of the Jewish community are coming up to bring um, word of this man's sick slave to Jesus because the man himself didn't want Jesus to feel um, compelled to come to his house. He felt unworthy to have Jesus come in and stay with him. That being said, he was also, he may have been one of these uh, God-fearers, people who were uh, Gentile. Most Jews would not set foot in a Gentile's home anyway. So maybe this person felt that Jesus probably wouldn't grace his doorstep since he was Gentile. Um, But they go to him and they ask, they plead with Jesus, this man's done great things for us. He built us a synagogue. 
um, could you please just come and heal his servant? His servant's sick, that type thing. Um, in Matthew, we're told that servants uh, were coming to Jesus, and they, they said that, um, you know, told him the whole background story of the slave becoming ill, um, and the Roman official says, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a man in authority. I have people under me that do what I ask them to do. I, to this one, I'll say, you know, lift that barge. And the other one, tilt that bell. And they do it. Whatever I say gets done. You just say the word and I know my servant will be healed. In that very hour, Scripture says, his servant was healed. Interesting, though, isn't it? We see Jesus doing, and this gets back to the idea of faith, too, doing many miracles in many places, but sometimes it says he did not perform many miracles there because they lacked belief. They didn't have faith. So it takes a certain amount of faith, doesn't it? Another part of faith is obedience. I don't think anyone mentioned obedience. Would you say Abraham was obedient? <clears throat> I think so. Yeah. He did what God wanted him to do, even though he couldn't understand maybe why. We're always real big about wanting to know why. Why, why, why. When I was in math class, algebra, I could not understand algebra for anything because I wanted to know why. <laughs> why is x squared plus c squared equal to a and b squared? Who knows? Yeah. Eventually, what I found to do is just memorize all the theorems uh, on, and do all the practice and suddenly a light went on. So, anyway, um, enough about me. <laughs> but obedience is part of it. Perhaps the devils don't have a saving faith because they were disobedient, and that's what caused them to be cast out in the first place. I want to go back to the idea of obedience. Uh, while they believe and shudder, knowing their time to run amok on this earth is coming to a close, uh, they certainly aren't obedient uh, to the person who created them. I, you know, the whole idea of West, in Western thought of, uh, I say Western, you can trace it all the way back at least as far as, um, well, Greece, which would certainly be Western. Um, there was a, another group, the Zoroastrians, also had the idea of good versus evil. It's not an equal battle. God made everything. Uh, before anything existed, God created it. Hebrews, the author of Hebrews tells us that too in verse 3. Um, but James uh, starts talking about the dynamic of faith and works as far as obedience goes. Um, he talks about, basically he boiled it down and he said... Um, Faith without works is dead. You show me your faith without works, 
I'll show you my faith by my works. So belief and obedience uh, certainly play a big role in faith. You know a tree by its fruits. Part of the fruits that we have are, are, is our faith expressed in our works. Um, any good works we perform really are an outflow of our faith. Paul would agree with that statement and he said it's by grace that you are saved through faith and that not of yourselves it's the gift of God. That's in Romans 8 I believe. No, that's Ephesians. That's Ephesians. I always get that one. That one seems like it should be in Romans to me but that's Ephesians 2.8. So how much faith does a person need? There's a good question. Maybe I should have put that one on the board. Do you need a lot of faith? <clears throat> How many times did Jesus say, Oh, you of little faith? Mustard. Yep. Um, the apostles came to Jesus after trying to cast out a demon. I, I, I don't know if it's the apostles or the group of 70, actually. But they had been sent out. They couldn't cast the demon out. And they said, why, Lord, were we unable to cast the demon out? And Jesus said, you lack faith. He said, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, maybe one of the smallest seeds in the world, that would be enough. One time the apostles, the apostles were on the sea of Galilee, quivering, uh, you know, fearing for their lives and because they were, you know, Lord, save us. And he said, oh, you of little faith. They didn't realize they were with the God who created the universe and everything that's in it. There wasn't anything that was going to happen to them. Not when they were with Jesus. Um, Peter lacked faith, didn't he? He was walking on the water. That takes a lot of faith. Then he started sinking. Lord, save me. He said, looked at Peter and said, why did you doubt? So apparently you can lose faith. You can lack faith. You can have too little faith. The apostles oftentimes would, I'm, well, I don't know about often, uh, but they would say, Lord, increase our faith. So faith can be increased. We can ask for more faith, Ron. When you said Peter had faith and he was walking on the yeah. but what caused him to lose his faith? I know. He had a cell phone and he was distracted. Okay? Yep. Sometimes we get distracted get distracted mm -hmm. because by nature, man is always looking for another answer. God, surely God can't do this. Oh, I know you can do it, God, because I have faith you can do it. But then you doubt. Mm -hmm. but, 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 we're always at the end of the bus. Have to learn how to swim. If 
you don't have water wings, what do you do? Yeah. You struggle. Yeah. I wonder if part of it's in that scripture. He had taken his eyes off Jesus. If we fix our eyes on Jesus, rather than looking around for other answers, uh, we're, we're kind of OCD. We're, we're kind of uh, ADHD in that respect. Not OCD, but ADHD. We have that attention deficit disorder. We're always looking around for something else. We just can't keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Uh, but if we do, we're going to power through. He, he's going to power through for us. We believe that on faith. When you think of faith as belief and trust, it can be said to define any belief, but for our purposes, we'll think of faith more from a religious standpoint. We know religion doesn't save us. Strict adherence to dogma uh, may equal obedience, and Jesus said the Pharisees were unequaled. They're unrivaled in, in their uh, strict adherence to, to the law. But they'd forgotten weightier issues like, oh, I don't know, taking care of widows, orphans, feeding the poor. Those were important to God and to Jesus. Many times he chided the scribes and Pharisees for their lack of faith. On one occasion, they were enraged with him for putting himself on equal footing with God. And they pretty much told him, well, we have Abraham as our father. I don't know who your father is, you know, because Jesus said his father was God. He said, I have no idea who your father is, but we have Abraham. And Jesus said, you know what? See these stones? God can raise up children to Abraham out of these stones. So don't thump your chest and tell me we have Abraham as our father. Your father's the devil, the father of lies. Satan can make things look awfully attractive, can he? So that we believe stuff that we aren't supposed to believe. That's why I think scripture says test the spirits. Know what you believe and why. Another time he was performing miracles where he had performed many miracles and um, he was coming back down and he wasn't able to perform very many miracles in these uh, Bethsaida and Chorazin because of their unbelief. And he said, Woe to you, Chorazin and Bethsaida, for if the works which had been performed in you that were performed in Tyre and Sidon, two very evil Gentile cities. They would have believed, they would have repented in sackcloth. He didn't think much of Tyre and uh, Sidon. Um, and he thought even less of people who, uh, towns who wouldn't believe, even though he, he offered them all the proofs that he could. Uh, we see on one or two occasions where he was told he wasn't able to perform many miracles in those places because of their unbelief. Uh, 
um, there was a, another time when he came, the apostles came to him. Um, this was near the near the end, uh, towards the time of his passion. I can't remember the timeline. I didn't really look that up, but he had. Remember, he prayed for Peter and the others. He was he was praying for them that they would be kept safe, that God would keep them as a group, close-knit. He didn't want anything to happen to his his flock. He was the good shepherd. And he prayed for Peter because he knew Peter was going to deny him three times. That's why it's interesting when Jesus reconciles with Peter, uh, he asked him three times, Who am I? What do you believe, you know? He said, feed my lambs, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. So three times he he tells Peter that. But he he told Peter that um, he had asked that his father would strengthen him uh, because he knew that Peter was going to deny him and that he would come back and later uh, strengthen the other uh, brothers. And so that eventually does happen. Another question, will someone else's faith save you? No. Just because your grandma was a believer doesn't mean you will be a believer. Um, Sometimes it, it helps your faith will help others to know Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I say that is uh, uh, I, I became a Christian and then... Uh, uh, I went down and every time I'd go down to Arkansas to see my mom and dad my dad would introduce the people this is my preaching son <laughs> and my, my mother we, we talked for one night till 2 o'clock in the morning she closed the Bible and said they ought to want to hear my and mm. you know it's amazing uh Shortly after that, that I prayed to our Lord, God had had His hand in it. They both became Christians uh, in their late. They were both in their sixties, probably sixty-five, uh, and they both became Christians. My dad, he, he didn't understand a lot of it, but but he was he loved plants. And he went and he beautified the lawn of the church. <laughs> and that was his duty for knowing Jesus. But, uh, uh, you know, you don't know how you affect people. And uh, uh, I was pretty on fire when I first became a Christian. I wanted to save my whole family. Uh, you got to be careful how you approach people sometimes. Mm-hmm. I thank God that it turned out good. Yep. Faith is a personal belief. You can't have someone else's faith. Uh, It's something you have to have on your own. While it can be said that we should share our faith with others, you cannot give your faith to someone else either. I can't give my faith to Mike. I can't give it to Mary. 
Um, but I can share my faith with them. And they can certainly see my faith displayed in whatever good works I may or may not perform. Or even, forget works, what about my attitudes? What about uh, how I treat people? Sadly, another aspect of faith is that it can be lost. Scripture often encourages us to hold tightly to the faith. The, the church at Ephesus in Revelation was told to turn back to their first love. Jude and others warn of losing your faith or turning away from God. So that can happen. We know in at least Peter's instance, I, I won't say that's you know, the only sin that we know of that's unpardonable is the... Uh, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit I won't say denying Christ is uh, I'd say that's getting kind of borderline at least from my perspective because if you're but you know Peter denied Jesus three times before the cock crowed Jesus forgave him so I'm not saying we should do that but I used to think blasphemy and this is in my Immaturity as a, as a Christian. Mm-hmm. Blasphemy the Holy Spirit was working around a bunch of men that used Jesus' name in vain. Man, they're going to die and go to hell. That's not what it says. Yeah. And I've had friends that said, I don't believe in Christ. I said, well, you keep saying that, and you won't go to hell. More you turn your back on he never turns his back on you. Yeah. You have to turn your back on him. We come from a Southern Baptist background. Mm-hmm. Once saved, always saved. Man, you got a whole argument there mm-hmm. with the Southern Baptist. <clears throat> because you weren't saved in the beginning if you didn't yeah. wait a minute. It's like so yeah, you would have to you'd be questioning your own salvation at all times at that point. So maybe I wasn't saved to begin with. So the argument goes on. It's one of the things, one of the, in my opinion, I think it's one of the big tools that Satan uses to confuse your walk with the Lord, your faith, your obedience, your belief. <clears throat> if he can throw enough doubt at you, he did it to Eve, surely you'll be as wise as this tree is for me. Mm-hmm. Surely you'll not die. Yeah. Oh man, what a temptation. So, yeah. no matter what happens in our life, we're always being beat up, and there's always there's always a battle between Satan and your walk with Christ. Mm-hmm. It's a spiritual warfare. And I think when Jesus departed, he left. He says, I will leave you a comforter, the Holy Spirit. Oftentimes we forget that we have the power within us through the Holy Spirit. But we forget that. Uh, How can that be? Do I have enough faith to say, Jesus... There's the Holy Spirit heal this person. I have to have enough to believe that he can. 
But it's his choice, not my choice. God has a plan for every one of us. I don't know why I'm sitting here at 75 years old. I really don't. Because I look over my shoulder and I see instances in my life that I should have been dead a long time ago. Why? I don't know. And I, my life intersects with people today that I'm in awe. Why? Why do I know this person? I didn't know him two days ago or her two days ago. But life, our life, <clears throat> is a journey. And as we take this journey, God knows the opening at the end of the tunnel. We don't. So we have to trust. That's part of it. Trust mm -hmm. the improvable. We have to believe. If we don't believe in anything, we're just as good as this cup here. We're inanimate. We have to be obedient. And sometimes I'm not very obedient. And I, I think that comes back and he kicks me in the rear. But I'm reminded of it. So. One of the things, there is a scripture that says, though we are unfaithful, he will remain faithful to us. How can he deny himself? Um, so maybe that's where some of that once saved, always saved idea comes from. I think, I wish they were written that one down. As far as the idea of blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, I think you were getting at it when the friends keep denying and denying. Uh, if you're under conviction uh, by the Holy Spirit, uh, by the message of the Word of God, which brings forth, produces faith in the first place, hearing comes by the Word of God, um, and you keep turning your heart, you keep, you keep turning away, then in, in a sense, that could be seen as blasphemy of the Holy Spirit because you're saying no to God. And if you keep saying no to God, then you're not going to be saved. How can you be saved when, when up to your dying days you're saying no to God? Um, just a thought. If we question as to, you know, gosh, have I committed the unpardonable sin? I think if you're questioning it, you probably haven't. God is at least keeping your heart tender enough that um, you have some conviction there that, now there may be something there that you're doing that, you know, uh, you shouldn't be doing. Maybe you need more faith. Uh, so maybe you should ask in faith without doubting, as James says, uh, so that you won't be tossed here and there on the waves. So now we get to Hebrews 11. The author begins with a bold statement regarding faith in verse 1. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the men of old gained approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that that which is seen was not made out of things which are visible. And then he starts talking about the various uh, great men of the Old Testament, Cain and Abel, 
uh, Abel offered a sacrifice which was found pleasing to God. And how does he begin? By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice. And he obtained testimony that he was righteous. Go down to the next one. Through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death. What did Enoch do? We aren't really told. We're told that he lived a righteous life. He's kind of like, uh, has one, he, he's mentioned in one verse of the entire Old Testament. Did you have a question? Oh, okay. Thought I saw him. I'm kind of like, like the uh, guy at the auction. If I see movement, I, I spring. Um, so Enoch was taken up. God took him. He was no more because he'd found righteousness. He'd lived a righteous life, and God just wanted to get to know Enoch better. So he was no more because God took him. Um, you don't want to look at the ancient alien channel. They'll say it's because uh, he was taken up in a spacecraft. <laughs> yeah, yeah, crazy. Um Without faith, it is impossible to please him because God is and he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Um, By faith, Noah being warned by God. See, it all starts out by faith, Abel, by faith, Enoch, by faith, Noah, being warned by God, uh, prepared an ark in which he saved his entire family um, while the rest of the world perished in the flood. The author continues to give examples after example of those who live by faith who are not looking for comfort in this world, um, but rather they were seeking a heavenly kingdom. That's found in verse 13 to 16. Someone want to read that? All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country that had left, they had left, they would have had an opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Now, Paul pretty much says the same thing, doesn't he, in Philippians 3.20. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also await a Savior, the Lord Jesus. Uh, He talks about, uh, I used that one time at a camp meeting uh, near the 4th of July, and we talked about the... uh, the beauty and the the privilege of being a United States citizen. A lot of people equate being a citizen of the U.S. with being a Christian. Sadly, it's not true. I wish it were. I wish everyone in the U.S. were Christians, but just because we're a Christian nation, I think that typically what their mean is meaning is is that we were founded on Christian principles. Um, but sadly, not everyone is a Christian. But our citizenship, to be contrasted, while we have it really good here, compared with other places, they're burning Bibles in China, tearing down houses of worship. Um, 
we have a Chinese foreign exchange student from the People's Republic. Sadly, we can't talk to him because he knows so very little English. Uh, though his application said he'd had 10 years. It's yes, thank you. And then he disappears into his room for the next eight hours. <laughs> so he can get on his China phone and talk to whoever. But he has to have an American phone, but he's a nice kid. Um, you know, I, for, I forgot where I was going with that story. But um, they're doing some, you know, we don't always have it. We may not have it real good, but we have it better than a lot of other places as far as our beliefs. We aren't typically persecuted. We aren't uh, thrown into gulags because we believe in Jesus. We aren't beaten to near death and sometimes even death because we preach like in India. There's lots of places in the world where there are still martyrs. And where the martyrs under the throne cry out, How long, O Lord, before you avenge our blood? Hopefully, that will never happen. But the church seems to grow uh, when it's persecuted. Um, don't know if that's what it's going to take here in the United States or not. That, that remains to be seen. Um, if we could all just take our faith, by that I mean beliefs, seriously, um, maybe we can avert that. But here these things are really in the hands of God. It's, it's God's, you know, if it's God's will that that happens, then that will happen. I do know that by looking at just the general flow of things in history, in politics, that, um, you know, it looks like things are a little topsy-turvy. Uh, certainly, if you were thinking it was the end of days back in Thessalonica in the 100s, how much closer are we now? But you know what? A day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day with the Lord. So we just need to keep on keeping on and not get all caught up uh, worrying about eschatology and when the day of the Lord is. Live each day. Each day has enough worry of its own. So. But yeah, just because we have it great here doesn't mean they do everywhere else. But our citizenship, getting back to that idea, is in heaven. And these people uh, wandered around. Paul, or the author of Hebrews, we don't know if it was really Paul. It may have been Apollos. Whoever it was, they knew the Old Testament, didn't they? They used a lot of quotes from the Old Testament. Um, they wandered around. They were treated badly. They were in sheep. Now, these are people in the Old Testament. Um, they were sawn in half. Uh, they were killed before the altar. They suffered unspeakable um, crimes committed against them, and yet they continued to believe. Um, he goes on and he talks about uh, the patriarchs and Moses and uh then in verses 30 to 39, he says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. 
By faith, Rahab the harlot did not perish along with those who were disobedient after she had welcomed the spies in peace. And what more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson, Jephthah, David of Samuel and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I think. Um, could have been talking about Elijah or Elisha. I can never keep that one straight. Uh, with the offering of the priests of Baal, uh, God showed them who was who. Uh, escaped the edge of the sword from weakness, were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies in flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. And others were tortured, not accepting their release, so that they may obtain a better resurrection. And others experienced mockings and scourgings, yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, men of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. And all these, having gained approval through faith, did not receive what was promised. Because God had provided something better for us, so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. What was promised to us that they didn't have? In the fullness of times, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, salvation. Salvation through Jesus Christ, the culmination of all things. He was in the beginning. He was the word that created it all, and he holds it all together, Paul says in Colossians. And he's coming again. Therefore, seeing this great cloud of witnesses, which we've just gone over in chapter 11, I think 12 goes with, I think chapter 12, 1 and 2 go with Hebrews 11. Seeing this great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. What is faith? Thanks again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more resources or to learn about Christ Church in general, visit us online at cco.church.